sometimes life you'll find as you live through it and as you age as gracefully as I have, not really, uh, but you, you find that it ebbs and flows and there's times that it's really calm and, and sta- stable, which we really tend to enjoy those times. And we, a lot of times we don't even know that we're enjoying it. We're in it until things get a little wrecked and, and life is no longer calm, but it's, 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 it throws us off our feet and it, it knocks the wind out of us. You know, life, life can be sort of mean. I want to introduce this with a, a story close to probably nine years ago. I was, a, I was, I wish I could say a young man at the time, but I really wasn't. Uh, but I was new to this church here. I'd only been here for maybe six months or so. And I was speaking with the youth about underdogs and looking out for them and how we're, we're, we're called to, to, to stand up for those that can't stand up for themselves. And uh, our youth group at that time would really comprise of this section right here, plus the, the back row, right? Not the full back row, just sort of the, this group. We had about 30 in our youth group, and that's what we ran for quite a while. But it was a, bless you, yeah. Um, it, it, was, it, was a, it was a neat group. It was a tight-knit group. Uh, and like I said, you know, size doesn't mean success. It's, it's what, what you're doing in Christ is what means success. So we, we had this group then. And uh, I, um, I asked them off the cuff, and I naively did so. I asked them uh, a question and asked them to make a stand in response to the question. I was beginning to learn this group, and so I said, hey, just to prove a point, I said, uh, if you're in this room and you have thought about suicide or you've talked talk to someone, you've got a friend that's thought about it, or you know of a friend that's tried to commit suicide, I want to ask you to come stand on this stage. I'm not doing this for this group tonight, uh, but I did it that night. Uh, because I wanted them to understand uh, it was an issue. It's a real issue issue. Uh, I was expected, you know, a couple, at least more, more than two to stand up. But immediately when I, when I put it out there, students begin to shoot up out, out, out of their chairs and being a group of, of 30, that's, that's, it didn't take long to have my stage was pretty full and I had four students left sitting out in the, in the crowd. 26 of them were standing on the stage. And uh, that night, I realized a truth, and this is the truth. Two things. Uh, one is that we are really good at hiding our feelings. We are really, we are masters of it. How are you doing? Good? I'm cool. Yeah, man. I'm good. How many times have we said that response and not meant it? So, so we, and not just that, not are we good at it, but there's a lot of people that are hurting. A lot of people are hurting. And we tend to lose sight of that. We don't give them a break because they were mean to me or, or they did this or that. And we tend to, to not give them credit like, man, they could be going through a lot more than what I can see on their face. Uh. I know many of you, uh, if, if you go to the high school across the street or teach at the, the middle school or, or go there, there's, there's a, a young man 
Uh, some call him Wyatt, some call him James, uh, who, who took his life uh, yesterday more and more and more and more and morning. And uh, I, I'm not speaking about tonight um, to glorify it or to, to, to make you hurt more than you may hurt about it if you're trying to deal with this. But it's something that I don't think should be ignored. Um, and first thing I want to say to you is, I'm sorry. Man, I'm sorry. If this is a friend of yours or a kid that you knew, a young man that you knew, man, I'm sorry. Uh, and it's okay to grieve. It's okay to cry. It's okay to be sad. It's okay to ask questions. It's okay just to talk. Man, I just need to talk. So I want to put that out there right right now. Man, if if this week, if tonight, if through the week, if late at night, man, you just need to talk, I'll talk. I've got a lot of adult friends that will talk, uh, that will listen. Sometimes I'll just listen. Uh, but I'm sorry if it's affected you. Uh, a few years ago, I went to a uh, funeral of the first cousin of 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 my my dad. He was sixty eight at the time, and, and he he had taken his his life. And you know one thing about su- su- suicide: it doesn't know an age. Uh, it, teenagers, it, it, it's loud then, but it occurs all throughout the spectrum of life. It's things we need to look out for, but it rocks you the same way. You know, I don't know if it's something you get get used to, but it's sad because people lose hope and they give up. And usually, when this occurs in our life, there's questions that we ask. We immediately just sort of go to and ask. And I want to address some of those questions tonight. And for 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 some of you, you go, "Well, this really isn't affecting me." But can I tell you, one day it will. Someone within your scope will struggle. They may not succeed, but they may struggle in that way. Uh, And there's questions that we ask. And this is the first one I think that came to mind when I thought about it. Does God care? Yeah, Yeah, I like that response. Does God care about one, me? And does God care about them? Great question to ask, especially in a time when you're hurting and things don't make sense. I want you to turn to Psalm chapter 139. And I'm going to speak to you, and some things I want to bring up, you go, wait, I, I heard you speak about this like six months ago, some, this part or, or that part, or I heard you speak about this a year ago. But, you know, I think it's important for us to see it again, especially as a time like this, as, as we, we, we struggle and work through things. And I just want to re- remind you of a truth. And when you ask yourself, or someone asks, man, does God really care? We believe this is the word of God, God's word to us. How do we know who God is? Through his word. Not how we feel, but through his word and what his word says. So because of that, we're going to his word. I'm just going to ask you just to stand as we just read a couple of the uh, uh, verses start off. We stand, stand in, 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 in honor of God's word. So it's Psalms chapter 139, it's beginning of verse 13. And I'm just going to read right now to verse 15. It says this, and the you here is, is, is God. 
says this, for you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Verse 16 goes on to say, your eyes saw my unformed substance and your book were written every one of them the days that were formed for me when as yet there there was none of them let's pray dear god thank you for your word and as we talk about things uh, that are important to you god i just want to lift up the bird family to you right now Uh, god i just ask that your grace and your peace will just fall upon that household for those in this room that are hurting uh, right now, Lord, let them let understand how to grieve, and it's okay to grieve, and it's okay to hurt. But Lord, give them an outlet. Give them someone to talk to. Lord, I just ask that you'll, you'll use your, your word, and you, uh, you will, will be in this place tonight uh, to touch hearts, to bring peace, to bring hope. Uh, in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Everybody have a seat. This text right here, I just want you to see that because a lot of times we live in a world that if we're not perfect, if we don't look exactly the right way or we, we're, we're, we're the right height or we can speak the right way, I, don't, I, I can relate to that myself, that, that, that you're, you're, you're messed up, you're not good enough. But I want you to understand that God formed you the way you are right now with a plan and a purpose. You're not a mistake. And there's something beautiful here. It says, well, there's a lot that's, that's uh, uh, for you form my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. God made you and he knows you. And as you hurt right now, God knows the hurt that you feel. You feel alone right now. God is with you right now. He created you with a plan and a purpose. And then verse 17, just look, it goes on and says this. How precious to me are your thoughts, O God. How vast is the sum, sum of them. If I would count them, they are more than, or they would out, outnumber the grains of sand. I awake and I am still with you. God not only created you with a plan and a purpose, but he thinks of you always. Anybody here ever gone to the beach before? Okay, we live in Yulee by Amelia Island. You've got to have been... Okay, put your, your hands up. Have you ever held sand in your hand before? Wow, this is a crazy group of, of people. Have you ever held sand and, and both of you just picked it up like this? Some of you may not. But if you have, ha, haven't or have, next time you go to the beach, I want you just to take this f- fluffy sand and pick it up like this, Okay. Deal? How many grains of sand are in a handful like that? Did I hear a 10? I'm being safe. I'm going to say there's at least 10. Okay, right. Yeah, there's, there's, there's seven. There's approximately, now this isn't exact because we're not counting, but approximately 710,000 grains of sand in a handful. And the word of God says that God thinks about you more than the grains of the sand. And we, that's more than a handful. 
That's how much God thinks of you and cares about you. So next time you're going, man, I'm just not sure if I'm good enough or if, if man, I'm just pick up some sand and just take a look at it and think about what the word of God says. He created you with a plan and a purpose. God does care. He, he does care. Next thing that we tend to ask or we can ask that is asked a lot, and I was at the school today and I, I saw a lot of students and even adults I, I, I talked to, and this, this is what they said. Man, what, what, what could I have done different? What, what, if I, what if I had, and they would trail off or stop? And can I tell you, any case like this is very com- complex. And there's more than one little thing here or little thing there that causes someone to take their life. It's a very complex deal. And we can't wonder, well, what if I get... And you can't. Nobody here can go back and change the past. You can't do this. So, so what do we do then? Okay, so if, if we think, well, what if I... Just look at the Word of God here and what the Word of God says we're supposed to live. Because we can't live in the past, but we can live in the present and go towards the future. The question is, who does God call me to be? And let me live that now. There are things that I missed in my life that I learned from or things that occurred in my life that I learned from that shaped me to be a better man than I am now. More compassionate, more caring, more fighting for those that can't fight for themselves. There, there, there's things that occur. So look here in John chapter 13, because I want you to remind you what the Word of God says on how we are supposed to live. It says this, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. What are we supposed to do there? What's the theme there? Love one another. What, what do I do now? You love one another. It's what you do. But man, this person's hard to love. I know. I know. There's a lot of people you're going to meet that are hard to love. If you think folks are hard to love, you probably are one of them that's hard to love. Right? Love one another. Look at this next verse in, in Ephesians chapter 4. Uh, you can turn there or we're going to have it on the, on the screen. This is what, what else the Word of God says on how we're supposed to be. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and cl- clamor and sl- slander be put away f- from you along with all malice. So it's saying this. Quit being mean. This is what it's saying there. Hey, quit being mean. And this is what it says in in the the next verse. Be kind to one another. Tender-hearted, forgiving one another as Christ forgave you. Love one another. Be kind to one another. It takes effort to be kind. Because sometimes you've got to put your wants, your, your, your look down. I'm not going to look as cool in front of this crowd if I'm nice to them. It'll cost you. Be kind. What can we do now? Man, what can I do? Man, I can be kind. Philippians 2, the book that we've been in. We sort of ran through this verse just a few weeks ago. Verse 3, it says this. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility... Count others more significant than yourself. 
Then it goes on to say, let each of you not look, look not only to his own interest, but also to the interest of others. So, love one another. Be kind. Count someone else more important than you. You know what that means when you're with someone, they want to do something and you want to do something, but you know what they want to do is really going to sort of, just sort of, that's what they need. I'm going to, I'm going to let them, I'm going to let them be first. Man, put them before yourself. Proverbs 3, 27, you don't have to turn there, but it said this, it says, do not withhold good from those to whom it's due when it is in your power to do it. How many of us have the power to do good to people around us just for the sake of doing good? And we tend to lose sight of the impact that can make in the world around us. You um, uh, may be surprised at this, but uh, stuttering in high school didn't make me the coolest kid in the room. I know. You're like, what? I really thought that would make you like the... the Homecoming king. That didn't come tell, tell, tell college, but that's a whole different story. Uh, and I, I've stuttered since I was five. And sometimes, man, I would, I would. Uh, right now, I'm pretty fluent, but I've got days. You've, you've heard me speak here in the edge. If you've been here long enough, and I just can't say my name, and I'm just like, um, I just, I just want to dive, head dive, and just ah, and get in a hole somewhere because I just can't, can't talk. And through school, it, it was a lot worse than it is now. Um, and so, interesting thing, I, I wasn't messed with a whole lot at school. But this is what I knew, because I watched in, uh, at school, I saw kids that were messed with. And I saw, you know, and you look around, and you can go into a school or into a classroom, and you can see the kids that are being messed with and those that aren't pretty quick. And this is what I knew, because of my, of my speech, I was pretty close to that line. Someone could easily turn on me and just start to mock me because they're just going to be a bully and a jerk. And there's times when that would just have just knocked me down. But I, I didn't have that attack a whole lot. But I noticed those that were, and it infuriated me. And I think it, it, it made me so mad because I knew that could very well be me. Uh, and uh, I don't know, if, I think I've told you all before, some of you, I only got in three fights in high school. Three of them. One of them uh, was because a kid came up and gave me a purple nurple. I'm not going to explain what that is. And he wouldn't let go. It was a quasi friend of mine who was no longer a friend at that at that moment because he was he was hurting me. It's when you squeeze a guy's chest in a certain spot and you twist and hold real tight. And I, uh, I remember I, I, I swung at him to get him to stop because he wouldn't stop uh, and let go. And he brought his clipboard up, and I, and I cut my, my hand on his cl- clipboard. And so he was laughing. So he had, he had, he had a hold of me and the clipboard, and he, went, he was like this. He was like, ah! And I went, bam! And I remember just, bl- noses can explode. Did y'all know that? <laughs> I did not know that. And, uh, and so I, he dropped, blood squirted everywhere. I just went straight to my math class. I, I, was, just like, I was like... Oh, dear Lord, dear Lord, they're going to put me in jail for this assault. Uh, but no one ever came and got me. So somehow I, that's not the right thing to do, though. So don't do that. Two more times I got in a fight. And they were both because kids were picking on other kids who couldn't 
defend themselves. And I was in the 11th grade. I wasn't saved at the time, but it infuriated me. And in gym, me and this guy went at it hard. Praise God, I won. Didn't get in a whole lot of trouble for that one. The locker room, he was picking on the same kid. Not two months had passed, and we had it, hit it again. Uh, and by the grace of God, how can you say, by the grace of God, you want to fight? <laughs> I don't know, but it was ju- justice. Um, sometimes you got to fight for those around you. What do you do now? You're kind when you can be kind. You're good. But you also make a stand for those that can't stand. And, and, and just to let you know, this has nothing specific to do with this case of, of what occurred to this young man. There's a lot of rumors that have gone out about what, what's going on. But can I, I tell you, I've talked to a lot of those that are in charge and know, and a lot of it is rumors. So don't just, students, don't just run with rumors you hear on social media. Twitter and Snap and all that stuff, it's not, it's not the law of the land, okay? There's a, lot, there's a lot of crud there, so look out for that. Um, you know what was interesting in that story? I, got, I, I went to, to youth camp about six months after that for the first time, went to church. I, I got saved. My life was changed. Three months after I got saved, the kid that I stood up for started coming with us to church. Three months at, 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 after that, that kid got saved. Dude, that's, that's awesome, isn't it? I had no idea that was going to come. Man, we got to fight for those that can't fight for themselves. So that's what you do. You do what's good. You do what's right. You love one another. What do I do now? That, that's what I do now. That, that, that's what I fight for. There's a third thing I just want to address, and this is asked. This was asked in our high school small group just a few weeks ago or months ago now. Uh, and this is what they asked me. And I think a lot of students, even adults, may even go, huh, I don't know about this one. And this is it. It's taking your life the unforgivable sin. If you take your own life, is, is that an unforgivable, does that separate you from God forever? I mean, we can all agree taking a life is wrong, right? Right? Taking a life. So uh, then taking your own life must be a sin and, and you can't be forgiven because you took your life in the, la- the last minute. So it, w- it was over. That's what we think, right? But the truth is that that's wrong. Um, one thing we've got to understand, have you ever had a broken arm or leg before? Yeah? Yeah? You know? We can see that, right? You, yeah. you know, Joseph was on one of those ripsticks about eight years, not eight years ago. He was about 10. And uh, Evan, he was in front of your house. Uh, first time I met, I, I met, I, I met your mom, Evan. I'm, I'm talking about you, and um, uh, and Joseph uh, fell, and I heard screaming like someone's like leg was on fire. Uh, sorry if your legs ever been on fire. Uh, and so I I run. Uh, Kate get, gets me. I run out, and Joe's on the ground, and his his his, his wrist is an S. Like it was like whoop. I mean, it was like, if I, I wish I, I could show you the picture. I've got it in my phone. Uh, still, I was like, I mean, it was like, whoop. And I'm like, 
I'm like, <laughs> and so, um, so Michelle's like, I'm going to go get the van. And I was like, perfect, perfect. And I'm on the ground by him going, you'll be okay, Joe. And I can't even look at it, you know, and uh, he's screaming like it's on fire. And so we get him in the car somehow. And Evan's mom comes in. She's, she was out there at this time. And she's like, you stay here in the grass. I'll go get you a coat because you look because I would just lost. I mean, I lost everything. We, we know when someone's b- broke something for the most part, right? We can see an x-ray. Uh, if not, you can't see it. But Joe's, you and um, But if you can't tell, you can do an x-ray and you can tell. But you know what? It's harder to tell when things in our, in our minds break, right? But we have stuff like that occur. I mean, I think we all have sort of things. There's things that are real that are depression and there's, there's hurts, and there's all these things that can affect even the way that we think so that we think wrong. Uh, but there's a scripture I want to point you to, and I'm going to answer the question that we have here. It's in Romans 8, verses 38 and 39. And this is what it says. For I'm sure that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any else, anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. What can separate us from the love of God? Nothing. Not, do you believe that? Nothing can, can separate you. He, he lists everything that can get in the way, and he says nothing can separate you. Once you've experienced the love of God through Jesus Christ, Nothing can take that away. Some, you know, ha, 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 w- w- would you agree like a bad thought ab- about someone is a sin? Like if you think, if you go, man, I hate that guy. You think that that's a sin? It, yeah, yeah, it is. We don't have to do it. We, it's just the, the things that we think. So um, if you are sitting in your chair, let's say in a couple of weeks, you're sitting in your, your chair at home watching uh, in your own living room, you're watching the Gator game and they're playing, who are they playing? Michigan in the bowl game. And it's in the fourth court, quarter and it's only, you're only down 48 to two. So it's, it's pretty close, right? You're sitting there in your chair. You're like, Dan, Dan, Dan Mullen, I can't stand this guy. Isn't, isn't that his name? I can't stand that guy. No, really. No, I'm okay. I'm an FSU fan. It's been a bad year. Uh, and so, so you're sitting there. You're going, oh, man, he's the worst coach. I hate him. And unbeknownst to you, a meteor is coming out from space, <sighs> hurtling towards you. You don't even hear it. And as you think, I hate him, it hits you, and you're, you're gone. Now, you're having a bad day. It was a bad game. You're a b- believer in Jesus Christ. Are you going to heaven or to hell at that moment? Why? Why? Because, because you're a believer and the blood of Jesus Christ covers all of your sin. So if you are broken and you take your life, where are you going to go? heaven. And I don't, listen, God doesn't want any of you to take take your life. This is not a pass to say, oh, well, good. 
because this world's mean. This world can be mean. But man, God made this world and some great things in it as well. And he made you, you're one of the great things in it. And he wants you to be a part of it. So the next time you hear, man, that you can't be forgiven from that, there's, there's nothing that God can't forgive and there's nothing that can separate you from the love of Christ once you have the love of Christ. Point one, God loves you and has a plan for your life. He loves you. He created you with a plan and a purpose. Flaws and all, he made you. And man, your job is to glorify him. How do I do that right now? I love others. I'm kind and compassionate. I look out. I stand up for those that can't stand for themselves. And I keep seeking after Christ with all that I have. That's what you do now. Okay, deal? You got it? All right, let's pray. Dear God, I thank you so much for tonight. Um, God, I just ask that you'll help us to, uh, to grieve where we need to grieve. Lord, give stu- students the, the courage to talk uh, to me or to someone at their school or to their friends or to their parents, uh, to somebody as they're working through this issue. And God, we do pray for the bird family. Family, God, uh, I just ask that you take care of them in this time. Lord, if, if anyone in this room can be a help to them, Lord, allow us to be a help. Uh, Lord, help every student and every adult in this room know that they are fearfully and wonderfully made by you, and you've created them with a plan and a purpose. And God, help us to love and to be kind and to put others before ourselves. Help us to look out for those that need someone to look out for them. Uh, And all the while, help us to run to you with everything that we have. Uh, For it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. There's one thing I want to close with, and it's this. And I I sort of wrote this down uh, just before, about a half hour before I was going to speak tonight. And I, I said this, why do we cheer the underdog or the neglected on TV shows? You know, we tend to cheer, cheer for them. Man, we want the uh, underdog to come out on top. In sports, the Cinderella team, man. We want that, that no-name school team to, to take it all the way. And when they win and they keep going, you're like, yeah, baby, underdog. But we have un- underdogs walking by us every day at school and at church or even on the street that we don't give the time of day. Man, let's fight for the underdog, not only on TV or, or whatever, but wherever we go, right? Deal? All right, we're just...